0: Go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 Chronicles <clears throat> chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. The title of the message is Enlarge My Territory. Father, we thank you as we come to your word today. Uh, we ask that your Holy Spirit would rule and reign in this service uh, today and that uh, you would just bless this message, Lord, that you would put an anointing on it and that you would anoint our ears and our minds and our hearts to receive it, Father, and that you would speak to each one of us where we're at today. Uh, we give you honor and we give you glory uh, for this, this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. So this morning, we're going to be putting in the third session of this uh I guess you can call it a series that I had started when I'm able to preach on Sundays about uh, the prayer of Jabez. And I actually opened up to First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10. That is your prayer of Jabez. And uh, we had talked our last time, that was back in, well not the last time, the first time, back in July of 2019. We kind of did an overview of this prayer. We looked at the who, the what, and why of the prayer. And we've seen that Jabez had to overcome a number of obstacles in his life. We know that his name, Jabez, means pain. I don't think any of us want to name our children pain. But his mama must have had a bad childbirth or something and named them pain. So he had to go through life being called pain. Also at this time, there was invasions coming in on Israel and Judah and that he had to protect his territory and had to protect the land that he had that it wouldn't be taken but it would be kept for God and we find out through all this that he was a more honorable man than his brothers uh, that was around him so he was an honorable and noble man of God and you know in the book of uh, first chronicles the first about nine chapters is nothing but uh, genealogies in it and is often so and so begot so and so begot so and so but we see this little break into action in chapter four verses nine and ten Actually, God gave time to speak upon this man. So this man must have been a, a great man of God. He must have been somebody that God honored. They said he was an honorable man. He was noble. So we're going to study some of his uh, prayer as we get into it. Now, back in September, when we did the second portion of this, we, we got into the first part of his prayer In the beginning of per- verse 10. It says, And Jabel called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. So Jabez is calling on a blessing from God. We read about that in September. And that it's okay to call on blessings from God. But God wants to bless us. We're his children. Anyone who is a parent, grandparent, or has anything to do with children, we want to bless the children that we have. We want to make sure they have the things they need. And we love doing it. It brings joy to our heart. And our Heavenly Father has joy in his heart when he's able to bless his children. We talked about that. We also talked about a blessing is nothing more than what God has already has for us. He has a lot for us. He wants to do a lot in our lives. And asking for that blessing is nothing more than what God wants to do for us anyway. And we also need to have that attitude. We are asking for blessings that that blessing is not necessarily to stay with us. We shouldn't hoard that blessing. But we should want to share that blessing with the rest of the body of Christ in this world. The blessings that he's given us. So, we've got to remember that we have to have the right attitude when asking for blessings. So, those are, the, those are the two areas that we went over of the last two times we were together with this particular passage. But today we're going to move on, and we're going to go ahead and read 1 Chronicles 4, uh, verses 9 and 10. And it says, Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called him the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. This entire prayer (coughs) excites me because this prayer shows me that I can go to a heavenly father and ask him for blessings, ask him to expand areas of my life. I can go to him and ask for protection. There's so many things in this prayer that, that tells me that I have a father who is approachable and wants to answer our prayer. Because at the end it says what? So God granted him what he requested. And that should bring hope to you. That we have a God that wants to grant what we ask of him. That he wants to give us those things. But we're going to look today at the part that says enlarge my territory. I have three areas that we're going to cover today as we get into this. And our first area is going to be living large for God. Living large for God. Dr. Wilkerson, who wrote a book about this particular passage, spoke about this, this section and said, from both the context and the result of Jabez's prayer, we can see that there were more to his request than simple desire for more real estate. He wanted more influence, more responsibility, and more opportunity to make a mark for the God of Israel. This is more about, this is more than just him wanting to expand his physical land that he was on. He didn't want that land to be taken away by the invaders that were coming in as well. He wanted to ensure that this land was going to be kept for the God of Israel, the God we serve. He wanted to keep that land. He wanted to have an influence and an impact on the land that was around him and the people that were around him. Some of us, you know, he may allow us to have a good business. He may allow us to have good influence and exposure in whatever we do. And he may allow us to grow in those things. And that is an awesome thing to have. But with this idea of growing and expanding and having successful business, it's not about us. It's about expanding this territory, enlarging this territory for Christ. So many people in other churches, they like to preach about expanding territory. You can get a new car. You can get a new land. You can get all this new stuff. It's not about you. It's about doing this for Christ and accomplishing his mission and his will. Because you're either going to be influenced by the area and, or the surroundings you're in, or you're going to be the one influencing them. And that's the question we have to ask ourselves. Are we influencing our surroundings, the territory that God has given us, are we being influenced by them? And that's something you can only answer yourselves. I can't answer it for you. But we need to do this all for Christ. In Colossians 3:23, uh, verses 23 through 24, it says, And whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Whatever we do, do it with all our heart for Christ. Whether, whether it's raising our children, whether it's, it's taking care of our, our parents, our grandparents, whether it's work, whatever circle of friend you ha- friends you have, be an influence on them. Do it for Christ. Don't do it for your own gain. Don't do it for recognition of man. Do it for Christ. My point here is, is that If you don't think big, you will just live small. And I'm not saying that you're going to, thinking big is, oh, I'm going to be rich. No. But think big in everything you do. Think big because Christ thinks big. He died for us. That's big. Least we can do is live for Him and live big for Him. Because our God is large and in charge. Amen. He's in charge of all of this. And we need to have a proactive way of approaching this we need to make things happen cause situations to happen and don't be reactive don't, don't wait for something to happen to try and fix it and enlarge the territory but let's go out and actually try and gain this land back from Christ that's been taken away by the enemy let's, let's make those provisions for that and let's do it as individuals and both as a body of Christ because we all have individually have our circle of influence that we need to, to go to and to witness to But also as the body, we need to come together and do this. When I was stationed at Fort Hood, Texas, uh, way back in the day there, we used to go to a Bible study, and uh, we'd have it at this little, I don't know what you call it, like a little rec center or what have you, multi-purpose building, and we would have this, this study way back in the corner of the building. Had a couple couches, chairs you can lounge on, and we used to call that our cozy corner. But there was one thing we said about our cozy corner, as comfortable and nice as it was when we were there as a body learning the Word of God, we need to get out of our cozy corner. We need to step out into the community around us and take that territory back. We need to get out in the community, play, pray for the loss, minister to those who are in need, and get out of our cozy corners. So I think sometimes as believers we do, we get real, real comfortable where we're at. Everything's real nice and inside this building. But we need to get outside these four walls. I know many of you have heard the term, think out of the box. That's exactly what we need to do, think out of the box. It means to think beyond what you have always done or thought of something. Because there's always, what's the the term, there's more than one way to skin a cat? There's more than one one way to accomplish what God has for us. I'm going to use an example of Fred Smith. Anybody knows who Fred Smith is? Kind of a common-sounding name, huh? Well, he's the founder of Federal Express. And he saw how packages were being delivered, how it would take weeks, months, days to get delivered. And he said there had to be a better way to do this. So what did Fred Smith do? He thought outside the box. His college professor, professor who looked at the idea that he submitted on paper as an assignment said it was a nice idea, but it wasn't very practical. They ended up giving this guy a C on his test for that. Not practical. But let me tell you, FedEx is, is, is a household name now. Fred Smith went outside the box to make the shipping industry a little bit better. We need to think outside the box whenever we're trying to deliver the gospel and deliver this good news that we have, that we've been privileged to have at our disposal. We need to think out of the box. <clears throat> Us as believers, we all work for God. He's our number, number one boss. He's our number one supervisor. And he's able to work even through our shortcomings. You can ask my wife. I have a lot of shortcomings. She's not here today, thank God, to express them but i have a lot of shortcomings we all do and if we sit there and we we evaluate ourselves we all have a lot of shortcomings but god likes to use our shortcomings to make things happen and we'll talk about that a little bit later on but what i want to focus on here is that we can't we we have to think outside of the box outside of the box of tradition outside of the box of even our, our our bringing up as young young people into adulthood We've got to think beyond that. Because what we see here and now is not the only way to do things. It's not the person that you see in the mirror is bigger than that. And we've got to be able to think outside the box. You don't have to turn there. I'll, I'll turn there. But Isaiah 55, 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways are higher. God has many ways of getting his will accomplished. And Jabez knew that. When he asked, Lord, can you expand my territory, did Jabez know how it was going to happen? He may have had something conceived in his mind how it was going to happen, but he knew he needed to go to a higher source. He needed to go to someone who knew the beginning from the end. And when he asked him to expand his territory, he knew exactly who he was asking. You know, I want to ask God to give us insight on what we need to do, expand the territories here in Lafayette. we got a city that's hurting. we got churches that are not preaching the gospel. we got churches that are preaching, you know, comfort and, and health and wealth and all these things that really don't amount to a hill of beans. We need to be that light to this community outside of these four walls. And you know what? God is about expanding territories and, and reaching... Reaching out, uh, reaching our limits on things, wanting to get out and, te- and to test ourselves. In Isaiah 54, verses 2 and 3, he says, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Expand our territories. Stretches, stretches to the limit, Lord. Lengthen the, your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. We need that needs to be part of our prayer enlarge in our territories. Lord, stretch me to my limit to be used by you. Get me out of that cozy corner that we talked about earlier. We get so comfortable, Lord, stretch me. God here was telling Israel that you know what, get ready, you're about to go into exile. I understand that. you're about to go into captivity. But one day you're going to have to come back and repossess the land that was taken from you. And they would do that. They would go back into Israel and repossess the land that God had given them. I think that God wants us to think outside these four walls that we're in right now. Because being a Christian and being the church is bigger than where we're at right now. Bigger than a building. Think out of our box. Think think outside of the flaws and shortcomings that we have. Let's talk about a couple Bible, uh, people in the Bible that had shortcomings. Let's talk about Moses, stuttered, couldn't talk well, even told God, I'm not very good with speech. God said, don't worry about it, I got you, we're going to take care of that. Let's talk about David, an adulterer, murderer, but God called David a man after his own heart. Look at Paul. Paul was a murderer as well, but how fast did he change his life on Damascus road? And we have all had our Damascus roads that we've been down. God can still use you no matter what your shortcomings are and your failures are. And we should be doing this. We should be reaching out not only as individuals but as a, as a body of Christ. We need to do that. And we think about thinking out of the box. What I'm doing right now standing in front of you is outside the box for me. I don't like public speaking. Terrified of it. Never liked it. But the Lord gives me the strength to do this. The Lord wants me to do this. I need to obey him, and I need to trust him. And he'll take care of that, because one of my weaknesses is this. But he is working through me. It's not me doing this. We got to think out of the box and let the Lord work. And the key to trust and obey It's a step out of the box of our own understanding. And this is what Jabez was doing. He didn't know how the territory was going to be enlarged. He didn't know how God was going to bless him when he was doing this prayer. He just knew that he needed the territory to be enlarged and he needed the blessing from God. And we'll see in later sermons that he needed his protection and he needed to be kept from evil. That he knew. How it was going to happen, he did not know. But he trusted and obeyed God that he would take care of that. And to help us get this idea even more, I want to take uh, a look at our next area, which would be God's math. God's math and our math, they don't equal up a lot of times. One of the reasons it's a hard time, and many times, to get excited about the opportunities to enlarge our territories is because we have the wrong formula. So I'm going to give you a formula real quick, two of them as a matter of fact. The first formula says that it's my abilities, my experience, my training, my personality, my looks, my past, my expectations from others. That's how we're going to gain territory. That's how we're going to get territory, right? Where you can circle it and put a line through it. That's not how we're going to do it. That's the wrong formula. It has nothing to do with your personality and looks. It has nothing to do with your ability, your experience. Has nothing to do with your past or your present. Has nothing to do with that. I'm going to give you another formula. Your willingness, and we talked earlier, talk about your weakness or shortcomings, plus God's will to do it in His supernatural power. He'll take your weakness, He'll take your willingness to do something, and He'll make something great out of it. He'll use that to expand the territories you have. You have to be willing. Paul uh, said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. He'll take the weakness you have, and he'll put his strength to it. To strengthen you to do the work he's asking you to do. to To strengthen you and to expand your tents. For his glory and for his will. He'll take your your weakness and make it strong. So when you start asking in earnest and even begging for more influence in in, in people's lives and responsibility, which will honor him, he's going to answer that. He's going to see the heart, your heart, and how pure it is with this question and how you really want to expand the territory for God. And if you're doing it out of a pure heart and pure pure motives, he's going to, answer and grant that that request you can trust him that he will never send someone or something to you that can't be done by his leading and his strength how many knows when we try to do things that might be outside the will of god or we'll try and do things on our own without going to him in prayer first they often fall apart they crumble now look at a few few characters we've been looking at in the book of uh, second chronicles who would do things, but they wouldn't go to the Lord first and they would find themselves in a pickle. They would find themselves lacking or hurting or possible death because they never sought the Lord first in what they were going to do. Their motives may have been fine. Maybe what they wanted to do was fine, but they never sought the Lord first. And that's what we need to do in everything we do from From the smallest thing we have in our lives to the biggest, we need to seek him first. And that's what Jabez was doing. I see the problem I have in front of me, Jabez is saying. Our territories will be taken by these, these godless idolaters. They're being taken from us. Lord, I need you to expand that territory. We need to gain this territory back. And what did he do? He sought him first. And so often, we're going back to the cozy corner analogy, we go back to our cozy corner. Oh, everything's good, peaches and cream. I don't need to seek God. Then something bad happens. What do we do? We go seek God. Well, why not seek him before that bad happens? Why not seek him to take care of our situations before it gets bad? Be proactive instead of reactive. That's what we need to do. So we can trust God in that. And you'll nearly always feel fear when it's time to take over new territory. A sense of fear will grip you. When you're trying something new. That the Lord has, has you on. A new mission that God has. There will be a sense of fear there. But you'll also experience something tremendous. The thrill of knowing that God is carrying you through it. You can have all the fear in your world. It's natural to have fear. But when you, whenever it's something that God has ordained on your life to do. And you can see him. Walking you through it, and then picking you up at times and carrying you through it—that fear is nothing compared to the joy you'll have watching God carry you through something. Since I've started teaching here at the church, I've had many moments like that. Scared to death to stand up here, not sure what my preparation is good. But I've seen God carry me through it all, and He'll do the same thing in your life. So if He's asking you to expand your borders, and to reach out beyond your circle. Do it. Step out. Step out in faith. And he'll carry you through it. And he'll carry you through it. Amen. So as when, you, when there seems to be no way. An idea will work. God's asking something you to, of you to do. And you know it can't work. What's that phrase? But God. But God. It seems like it's impossible. But God. Because when you put the but God in there, it becomes possible. All right, our third area we're going to look at is the vision for Calvary Chapel of Lafayette, Louisiana. Now, obviously, the vision we have is not necessarily to get a new building or a new land or anything like that. We're good where we're at. Lord has blessed us with this. But in the future, if the Lord expands our church, Maybe we will be looking for that. Who knows? But right now, I want to talk about God expanding our territories outside these four walls and getting us out to preach to our circles, witnessing to this, this community that we have right here. I think we need to move beyond our cozy corner here and get out into a community. Because he didn't call us to be sitting in pews. He called us to what? Go out and make disciples of men. And that's what we should be doing. And we everybody has a, a sphere of influence that we can, we can start doing that in. Amen. I remember back in 2015 when we moved into this building. It's been about five years already. Some of y'all were here when we moved. Some of y'all are new since we've moved here. But God took us from that shopping center building to our own building here and i don't think he did it just uh, just to make us happy i think he did it because there's a mission we have he placed us in the center of lafayette away from the back parking lot up front And we need to be we need to to listen to his voice and listen to what mission he has us on to reach this community we're not sitting here just to look pretty in this building. We're sitting here for a purpose. And we need to get out and, and fulfill that purpose. So after he's given us the great commission to what? Go out and make disciples of men, right? Go out and make disciples. He also said in Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So in order to go out and make disciples, what do we have to have? The power of the Holy Spirit on us. Be able to accomplish this mission, and he says, "And you shall be my witness to me, witness to me in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We are not to remain in our cozy corners. We have to get out. That's a mandate by God. We have to get out. We have to get out." And I and I think about we're going to talk about strengthening in a minute. When I was in Iraq, we stayed in FOBs, forward, uh, forward observation bases, and what would happen. People would go out on patrol, and they would come back into the bases to get refueled, resupplied, get whatever they needed to go back out and accomplish their mission. That's what our church is, is a fob. We're here to come in on Sunday, get refueled, resupplied, to go back into that battlefield outside of these doors that we go into every week, whether it's your job, your family, you name it. It's a battlefield we're in. We're in a war. And this is to be our our, our fueling station to to re-energize us and to strengthen us and to nourish us to be able to go back into battle. And each one of us has our job in the Lord's army. And you know what it is. You got your mission you got to accomplish, but the main mission is to what? Make disciples, to expand his territory for the Lord, to take that territory back that the enemy took. That's our main mission in this war that we're in and what jesus is saying here in acts 1 8 is jerusalem is our lafayette judah is acadiana samaria could be louisiana and then the rest of the world whatever that may be in your lives but let's start locally here in lafayette in your families in your workspace start taking that territory back for christ amen And it all starts by giving Christ our willingness and giving him our weakness. We have to be willing to do this for him, handing over our weakness to him so he can strengthen us. In this, I want to talk about two other areas. First, as the church, we need to be strength, strengthened and nourished. I'm going to brag on Pastor George for a little, about, a little bit. Week in and week out, he comes up here and gives us a word. He helps us to, to think deeper into the word and to strengthen us in the word. And he does a great job at it. He, he has, through the years that I've said underneath his teachings, he has, he, has, he has provoked me to thought on so many things inside this Bible. There's only been really two people in my life that has done that. He's one of them. And he does a great job of refueling us and nurturing us and strengthening us so we can go out there into war and be able to battle And we need to be strengthened as a body. We need to be strengthened as individuals because First Peter 3.15 says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. If you're not ready for battle, if you're not ready for the war that we're in, if you're not ready to take the, the, the territory back you're going to fail. How do we do that? We come in here on Sundays. We come in here on Wednesdays when you're able. We, we, we listen to, to the word maybe throughout the week. And we constantly strengthen ourselves, preparing ourselves for battle. Would I send someone who's brand new into basic training and out to war? No. Day one basic training? No. I wouldn't send him out there. But once he's done with his training and he's equipped with everything he needs, Now I can send that soldier out to war. And we constantly need to be in training in the Lord's army. Ready to take his territory back. Amen. And here at the church, we need people to be active. We need people just not to sit in pews. We need people to to maybe take over a ministry. There's, there's a vacancy in the men's ministry right now. I did it for a while. But I would love for any of you men who, who maybe have that passion inside but hasn't said anything yet. Hey, I'd like to maybe take care of the men's ministry, orchestrate something with it. Step out. Let the, let the Lord use you. I don't care what your weakness is, what your shortcomings are. Let the Lord use you. Because there's a need for ministry to men. Men are some of the hardest people to minister to there's probably more women in the church faithfully serving the church than there are men. Maybe we got to step up, man. But let the Lord challenge you. Let him, let him stretch your tents in ministry. We can use the help. And we need each other as a body of Christ. We need each other. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. There's a number of us here in church, and, and, and the faces can change from Sunday to Sunday. But how many of you really know your neighbor sitting next to you? I'm not talking about your husbands or wives. How many of y'all really know your neighbor next to you? How many people come into this church, and, and, or new people, or people who may have been here for a while, and not a word is said to them? If you're a believer in Christ, we are all one family. Get to know your neighbor to your left and your right. Get to share life with them. That's what we're supposed to do. Be in one accord with each other. Sharing life. Our struggles, our joys. We're supposed to be doing that together. So get to know the people who are here in our church. You'll be glad you did. So now we talked about strengthening and nourishing our bodies. Now that we have that done, what do we have to do? We talked about going out in the battle. We got to reach out to others. We got to use that strengthening, use that training, that nourishment that we got from sitting here on Sunday, and go out and reach out to others. That's our next mission. I operate under two working premises. In Lafayette, there's plenty of churches that will preach the gospel, or at least let you know about what the gospel is. That Christ was born of a virgin, died on a cross, rose from the grave, all for our sins, for, for our forgiveness of sins. But I also believe that although the gospel is available, they're not coming to run and knock down our doors to hear it. So in the Great Commission, he tells us to go out and make disciples of men. He doesn't say, stay in your church and wait till they come. We got to go out and do that. And how, how are we going to do that? Romans, you don't have the term there, Romans ten fourteen through 15 says, Now then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? I'm not talking about what I'm doing up here. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful is or the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. We have to go out and preach the gospel in your workplace. And I know it sounds like a repeating record here, but it's true. In your workplace, at your home, with your family, at the grocery store. Whenever felt led to share the gospel, we need to be out there doing that. You are the preachers and teachers in this community. Not just here on Sunday hearing it from me or or Pastor George. You are the teachers and preachers in this community. You are the lights. You are the salt that has to be out there. Expanding the territory. That God has. The gospel is not going to get out. If we don't go. It says this right here. right? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Who bring glad tidings of good things. The gospel is good news gospel is the glad tidings and good things it's the best thing you can bring to someone helping them out financially is great feeding them is great being a friend is great but giving them the gospel and the good news is the best gift you can give anybody and that's what we're called to do we need to take it to them they're 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 not going to come knock these doors down Now, there may be a few who will walk through these doors and find Christ, and that's a beautiful thing when that happens, when the Spirit leads them to the house of God. But more often than not, we're going to go, I have to go out there and get them. He told Peter, what, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Any fishermen in here like to go fishing? Got to throw the hook out there of the gospel, get them hooked on it, reel them in. But they can fill these seats with us and just praise God. And then once they come in here, what we can send them out more out into the field, more soldiers into the battle. For they can bring people in. And it's not about filling this church. It could be any church in here, in, in Lafayette. But sending them out to complete the Great Commission, which we're going to read right now. So in Matthew 28, 19, 20, he tells us what? Go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's enlarging our territories. Casting that net out, pulling in uh, those who are unbelievers, making them believers again and disciples of Christ. That is enlarging the territory. This is his program. This is the way that he wants to do it. And he says what? He promised that he will always be there with us. Because he says, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. So when we go out there to, get the, to proclaim the gospel and to enlarge this territory, we're not doing it on our own. He is with us. In Acts 1-8, it says, wait for the Holy Spirit that's going to give you power to do it. Because what? We can't do it on our own. Do you notice the difference in Peter before the filling of the Holy Spirit and, and after the filling of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, Peter would put his foot in his mouth beforehand and he got filled with the Spirit. He goes tell tell a, a sermon and 3,000 people get saved? That wasn't Peter before. But when he was strengthened by, by, by the Holy Spirit and Christ was working in him, he was able to preach because it wasn't him who was doing it, it was the Spirit of God doing it. He was merely a vessel. And that's what we are we are vessels. We are the feet, the hands and feet of the body going out, witnessing the good news of Christ. And how can we be sure that we would have success in doing this? First John 5 tells us that when we pray according to his will, according to his will, what is he going to do? He hears us and grants us that request. When Jabez was praying, to bless him and to enlarge his territories and protect him and keep him from evil, what did they say? God granted his request because he was praying along God's will, and that's what we need to pray: God's will. And guess what? God's will is Second Peter three nine: God is not willing that we should perish, but come to repentance. God wants us to come to repentance. He wants us to come to Him. He wants the lost sheep to be found and brought back into the fold. He wants people to be saved. So we move in accordance with the known will of God and we can be sure that God, that God will be, be with us and grant us the harvest for his glory. And that's enlarging our territory. Stepping out of the box, stepping out of our cozy corners. And you know what? Jabez asked God to enlarge his territory and he was asking to expand that territory, not for his sake, but for God's sake. And we have to always remember that. It's not about us. Not about us at all. It's about him and his glory. So let me encourage you this week and for the weeks to come. Pray this prayer. Not as a mantra, not repeating it, but this framework. Pray along these lines. Ask God to bless you. Ask God to expand your territories. Ask God to to keep his protection on you and keep you away from evil. Think outside the box our minds can only take us so far but the mind of God could take us way beyond because why? His ways are higher so make it a habit to pray this way and ask God to expand your territories ask him to expand the influence you have in other people's lives and ask the Holy Spirit to work in it Amen Father we come to you tonight, uh, tonight. here we go Lord, we come to you this morning and we just give you praise and we give you honor, Lord, because you are worthy of our praise, you are worthy of our honor. And use us, Lord, mightily as vessels for you to go out into this battlefield, go out into this harvest, go out into this world and to make disciples for you and expand your territory, Father God, that you would bless us in it and keep us safe in it, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.